When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, welcome back to The Run Home. Josh Jenkins and Adam Cooney driving you home. Four minutes past four. And Coons, we've been joined by Kath Coleman, who is the soon-to-be uh, co-trainer of uh, Peter Moody, the great Peter Moody, who, as we mentioned earlier, trained Black Caviar, the horse that never lost a race. Now, uh, Kath, welcome to The Run Home. Thanks for joining us. I know you're busy. You've been up early, and we'll ask about that. You've got to run it tonight. But uh, thanks for giving us a few minutes. Oh, I think I've got you turned on, but oh no, it's just, just uh, it's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, um, you I'm not a uh, the host, the tech guru. You haven't turned the mic on. Oh, well, I have another. Have, another. have we got you now, Kath? How's that? To do. Hey, we're on. Kath. Can you hear? Yeah, we're look, Coons. I mean, I can uh, can only do so many things. I've written up questions for you to ask, and I forgot to turn the <laughs> mic on. But Kath, thanks for coming and joining us for a few minutes. Um. Uh, first question. Now, not everyone who listens to, to SEN eleven sixteen knows a lot about horse racing. The first thing is, what time was the alar- What time did the alarm go off this morning? Two forty five a.m. this My morning. My grandfather. Two forty five. When was the last time you got up at two forty five, Coons? Well, I've been up at two forty five quite <laughs> regularly, but I said, on my when way did you bed. get up? <laughs> no, it's been a very long time. So, what time do you have to go to bed then, Kath? Yeah. Well, it sort of depends. I'm not going to lie. There's probably a couple of days during the week where I might be asleep relatively early. Um, but, you know, you can't sort of let it interfere with your life too much. You've still, you know, still go out for dinner and do things like that. So um, last night, I reckon I probably went to bed about 9 o'clock, yeah. up at 2.45 at the stables by 3.30 and uh, into it. Wow. So you're, you're, you're um, in control at the moment because... Uh, Pete's up on the Gold Coast uh, with uh, the Magic Millions, trying to you know secure horses and and uh, handle clients and all those sorts of things. So you're in charge at the moment. So has it been any different here without him? You know, throughout the week out at Packingham, because for those that don't know, there's a whole heap of trainers who who um, who train their horses out here. So bit more a uh, bit more uh, work for you this week without him yeah definitely he's so hands-on still around the stables he um, probably does the work of about 10 men I'm hoping he's not listening to this because I don't want to boost his ego <laughs> too much but um, no whenever he's away it's always um, you know there's always a bit more for me to do around the place but um, he's up there doing an important job and he's bought us some really nice horses up there as well so 2.45, your alarm goes off. You have your Whitbix at, say, 5 <laughs> to 3. You get into the stables at 3.30. What happens from there? Surely the horses don't want to get up at 3.30 and go for a trot. <laughs> <laughs> They're all getting hungry by that stage. They want their Whitbix as well. So, um, you know, get in there at 3.30 and it's just sort of checking things, making sure that nothing's uh, nothing's gone on during the night that it shouldn't have around there and um, getting a few things organised and then our first lot of staff start to come in and, um, you know, we get the first lot of horses out and, and ready to go on the walker, which is part of their warm-up before they head out to the track or the treadmill or whatever their exercise program is for the morning. So, um, you know, it's all go from there. It's it's very scientific now, isn't it, training horses? It's very similar to, to AFL footy in the sense that, uh, you know, 
and you can talk to this, you've got treadmills and swimming pools and GPS monitors and all these different types of things. So it's come a long way in terms of the way you can monitor the horses and, and, and be able to track their movements. And you basically know every single thing that they do at all times. Yeah, it has definitely come on in a scientific manner. We're actually probably pretty old school at Moody Racing in that regard. I know some other stables, you know, Yamara and Eustace, um, Chris Waller and, and some of those really big operations there right into the scientific side of it. We, uh, like I said, a bit more old school still. We just prefer to keep things simple. Um, being a smaller stable, we probably don't have to rely on that side of things too much because we are running our eye over the horses themselves every day and mm. seeing them. And um, like I said, Pete's so hands-on that we probably don't rely on technology as much as some other stables what's the best way to work out a horse's best distance kath is it just trial and error do you, do you know now after working with a horse for, for a couple of weeks generally what distance it's going to run over the ground best well, you've probably got a bit of a preconceived notion from their breeding as to what their um, preferred distance is going to be but the horses themselves they let you know in their own ways as their training are and as they're heading towards their, their through their education, um, they head to the jump outs or the trials, which, you know, that's when you sort of start to get a real good guide of where they're at, whether they've got that sharp sprinting turn of foot or whether they can sort of maintain a high cruising speed, which might lead towards them being more of a staying type. And um, so, yeah, it's all just as their education progresses. Uh, I'll ask about I Wish I Win and Chain of Lightning in a moment, uh, two of my favourites. Uh, I wish I win won the Golden Eagle, $10 million race, which I'm sure was fantastic. But at the other end of the spectrum, and, and that's why I'm out here tonight, and uh, the, the, the Sports Bet Maiden series, the Future Stars series, a lot of the money, we hear about the Everest and the Golden Eagle, and we hear about, we hear about all the money that gets thrown at the top end of town and, and, and you. You know, the jurisdictions putting money into the All-Star Mile and that. But this is a really good concept for, for, for horses who have either struggled to win a race or smaller trainers, smaller stables to be able to get an opportunity to race for increased prize money as well. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a, a massive incentive having these for a maiden, um, which, you know, for those that don't know, is a horse that hasn't won a race before. So um, in saying that, this field tonight or these fields tonight yeah. have attracted a really yeah. strong field and, you know, they probably are going to attract some of the bigger stables as well because of that draw card of having the, um, the $75,000 prize money. But it's just exciting in the fact that it's attracted, you know, some, some really good trainers, some yep. really good jockeys, um, which, you know, normally you might not see here at Pakenham on a Thursday night. But uh, tonight, you know, we're yeah, pretty, pretty lucky to see this quality of field and, and some of these jockeys down for it. And I did ask uh, uh, about, um, or I did mention, sorry, I wish I win and Chain of Lightning. Uh, where, when will we see, of course, you know, spring to autumn happens pretty quickly. The horses don't get much time for a bit of a rest, but when will we start to see those two horses uh, back at the trials and all races? Yeah, so they're both probably a couple of weeks off heading back to the trials. Um, they'll have a nice gallop on Tuesday morning. They've just been going through their, their pace work and building their fitness, and then they'll have uh, their first more serious gallop of the preparation on Tuesday um, and then the following week they'll be ready for a soft trial. So Kath you've got one runner at Pakenham this evening at race two number 10 Scapini. I was I'm not a, a huge gambler not a big better on the horses but I was at the cricket day three in a corporate box we had 12 blokes in there and we all loaded up on Scapini uh, at Mornington and it ran second mm. so we're responsibly very of course 
about that. No, no, you don't. You you can roll out the responsible gambling. I don't have to do that because I'm not connected. I'm not affiliated. JJ, I can bet however I want. <laughs> I want if I want to be reckless, I can. But Scapini just uh, it finished oh, second. Um, what are we expecting uh, later on this evening? Well, if you'd got the good mail that day, you might have realised that she probably just needed that run and it would have topped her right off for tonight. So maybe if you'd held off, oh, you might have no. got a might have got a better price tonight. But uh, <laughs> thanks for that. Oh well, uh, ultra that's late mail. That is. To know that you threw your uh, threw your money away. Uh, I mentioned yeah at the moment assistant trainer is that the right term? And uh, you were saying before we jumped on air that as the new season ticks over later in the year, you'll be co-training. What, what does that mean to you? It's not really going to change that much, I guess, except for the what's on the paperwork. But what will that mean to you to be an official co-trainer with, particularly with Peter Moody, who's you know, one of the most prominent trainers that's been in the game for the past 20, 30 years. Yeah, you know, day to day, it won't change much. You know, um, we'll still very much just be in the same little routine that we are at the moment. But, um, you know, it means so much to me to be given that opportunity. It's Pete, someone that I, you know, grew up watching. Yeah. I remember getting up in the middle of the night to watch Black Caviar race yeah. in, at Royal Ascot. And, you know, if you'd told me back then that, few years down the track I'd be you know given this opportunity to go into a training partnership with him I never would have believed it so it's just a dream come true for me. So he's splashing the cash at the moment up north Pete have you had uh, any uh, correspondence with him about some purchases that could be on the cards? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's bought a couple of really nice horses already, a couple in conjunction with Wiley Dalziel Bloodstock, who we work very closely with uh, at Moody Racing. So if anyone's listening, then Wiley does a fantastic job of getting horses um, that are affordable and perhaps for, for first-time owners that are looking to get into it, um, Wiley does a really good job of finding um, yeah, affordable horses that, that generally go on to do a really good job. So um, like I said, we've got a couple with Wiley and then Pete's bought a couple um, just on his own, got a, a really well-bred I Am Invincible colt yesterday, which um, there was still 35% left of him late yesterday. So I'm not sure if there's uh, if there's still a bit floating around there, but um, he's uh, he's done a good job and he's picked up some really nice ones so far with hopefully a few more to come. So what's your, your role tonight? It's just to be around. You've only got the one runner, so it's nice and quiet. So you'll be able to uh, zip off home. I presume you, 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 you live close by or you need to live close by with uh, the, horse and the, sta- or the horses and the stable here. So do you get much time or opportunity for, for a social life to, to relax and to get away from, from racing? We all talk about work-life balance. Is there much work-life balance when you're a trainer? Um, probably not in a, a normal person's eyes, mm. but you know, it's a lifestyle and we, we do the job because we love it. Um, and you know, it's, it does get a little bit tricky this time of year when you've sort of got twilight meetings and night races mm. and it can all, it does get a little bit busy, but like I said, at the same time, it's a lifestyle and we're doing this job because we love it. And that's why we're in the industry. So, um, no complaints here. Well, Kath, uh, thanks for coming in and giving us 10 or so minutes. We're, um, Tucked up in a little, I thought I was going to be doing this show from a McDonald's car park, so we've ended up in a good spot. Uh, good luck with your runner tonight. It's just music to the ears that the horse wasn't quite ready uh, first up when Adam Cooney was, uh, was has had his hard earned on. Hopefully you can get the win tonight, but uh, either way, uh, good luck for tonight and moving forward. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. There's uh, Kath Coleman. We'll be back on the other side because I've got a feeling that Corey Homicide Williams is in the house. And if he is, we need to clear the decks because uh, he and I have got some uh, speaking to beef, do. So a uh, quick break. Beef. We'll be more. We'll be back with some beef on the other side.